when it then came to the, that I made the decision, I want to have a podcast, it was really one day at a time, almost like very stubborn, yeah, because I was so, so determined to start a podcast that every day I would have like a little goal, like a little goal, like, okay, today I'm going to learn how to edit an audio file. And then I would, you know, look for some YouTube videos and do that. And then, of course, I couldn't manage to do it within a day. So then I would put it on the list again for me the next day. Okay, tomorrow I'm gonna master this and I'm gonna learn how to cut an audio file. Okay, and then next day I would have on my list, I need to find an intro music for my podcast. So every day it was like an accumulation of really tiny, tiny steps. And then I would stick to it. Always for me, whenever I commit, then I cannot go back. I need to make it to the finish line. And at that point, the launch day was the finish line, having the podcast up and running. But what I didn't realize, you know, of course, the launch day, I mean, that's just the beginning. I mean, so much more that's coming to you after launch day. But to be frank, that's still how I operate until today. Like I sit down and I get in the zone and I have this on my list. Like I want to get a podcast course launched and then that's what I did. Very little daily steps bringing me to my bigger goal. Hello everyone, my name is Dean Long and welcome to the podcast Lifeline. In this podcast, I will interview people who are having a positive impact in their community and have a strong message that deserves to be shared. We will dive deeper into their journey becoming a change maker and hopefully you can take away some insights for your own journey. And please do subscribe to Lifeline on YouTube, Apple Podcasts or any platform that you are using. And also you can share this episode with your friends if you like it. It's really what helps me the most. Regina launched Hashtag Impact Podcast to amplify the voices of changemakers in Hong Kong. She launched her podcast in 2017 to follow a long-standing dream with no particular expectations nor previous experience. Hashtag Impact is now one of the main podcasts in Hong Kong and a genuine social enterprise that also empowers aspiring podcasters to get started. Regina never had a master life plan. She just wanted to do things that are not mainstream, to be happy every day and to put a smile on people's face. We discuss how she reinvented herself from scratch at each stage of her life, why she's not taking herself too seriously and how she manages to be a successful mompreneur with three loving kids. I'm so excited. Okay. Guten Tag, Regina. Hello. Hi, Din Long. I'm so happy to have you on Lifeline. It's a long story. I will summarize a bit how we know each other. So I always start just by reminding a bit how I know the guest. We met in Hong Kong in 2016. So it's a long time ago, I think. Yeah, so something like this. And uh, yeah, we met in this crazy cool event that we're organizing with, with so and so good uh, a pitching night with a lot of people I think one of the best experiences I had and you were in the audience you met my colleague Berenice and then we met again once uh, and you had this I mean you were launching your own podcast so hashtag impact so we'll I mean we'll get back to it uh, during this episode and yeah no we talked um, 
And then, yeah, you interviewed me, Berenice, for, and, and, and Clement for So and So Good. So that was my first podcast a few years ago, and I am so happy that we switched positions so now I can ask you all the difficult questions <laughs> that you asked me. Okay, now I'm nervous, Dindong. <laughs> no, no, don't be nervous. No worries. Uh, so I've been following your amazing journey ever since. So you, just to introduce you quickly, you are an amazing podcast host. You are also teaching at university and you are a mompreneur. So I was reading an article that said you were a mompreneur. And actually, that's true. I, I, I mean, I never had this term in mind, but that's true. You have three kids. But, you know, we'll come to, to back to everything. But, yeah, I invite you if you want to introduce yourself, where you're calling from, what you're doing currently. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on your show, Din Long. It makes me so happy that you're having your own podcast now. I'm so proud of you. I love your show. You have amazing guests and all of them are so inspiring. So if you're listening here for the first time, make sure that you also check out all the other podcasts that Din Long put out there in the world because you, you really find some really amazing stories that are so touching and that makes me really grateful for you inviting me on your show so thank you for that i'm based in hong kong that's where i've been living for the last six years but i'm originally from vienna and i'm a china studies major and that's what brought me to china in the first place And, um, I, you know, I don't want to give you this long, 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 long story. Uh, but I had uh, already as a, as a child, I, and as a teenager, and then later in university, there was something about broadcasting and audio broadcasting that always inspired me. And I, what inspired me about it was that when I listened to a story, it felt to me as if, I was right there with the people that I would listen to. No matter where I was, it felt as if I'm sitting right there with them at the table. And I felt that I connected with these stories. And that's really what inspired me to start my own audio production. And of course, it was not a straightforward um process like that. You know, I, I worked in other fields before. I had to teach myself how to do a podcast, but that's what I'm doing now. This is what I am doing. I am building a podcasting business that focuses on leveraging the power of voice to drive positive change. So I interview amazing people that are driving social initiatives um, here in Hong Kong, but now also all over the world with co-hosts that I also include. And we tell stories that hopefully make people feel exactly the same way like I just shared with you, like how I always feel when I listen to stories, as if I'm right there, it resonates, and I hope to inspire people to take action and make positive change themselves as well. Oh, that's such a beautiful intro. Um, so I will start just by saying, everyone who's listening now, yeah, do have a listen to Regina's episode. She has so many, I think more than a hundred. Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm sure more than a hundred. So go ahead, pause this episode and check Regina's podcast. Um, 
Cool. No, I, I, <laughs> you know, I, I was reading all your stories. I listened a lot to your stories, audio, written articles. I watched every video of you. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my gosh! And I have a lot of questions to ask you, but I will start with this one first. <laughs> What was the first thing you heard this morning? This morning, the first thing I heard was my. Yeah, funnily enough, the same I said during my TED talk. Funnily enough, it's really true. I heard my my older daughter's voice. That's what kind of woke me up this morning. She usually doesn't come in our bedroom anymore, but tonight she did. And so I heard her and I freaked out because I had another little baby sleeping right there in bed with me. Uh, so I was really worried that she's going to wake him up. And of course she did. So my morning started very early with my beautiful children's voices. But, you know, they have amazing voices. But sometimes at five o'clock in the morning, uh, you really rather wish <laughs> they wouldn't, they wouldn't uh, use their voice just yet. But yeah, that was it this morning. Mm. Five o'clock in the morning. Oh, <laughs> Cool. I think the main part of today will speak about hashtag impact. But I also want for you to share your life before that. And I've read in this great article something which said that as a child you were directing and acting in your own plays. You were asking money for the tickets and you were in charge of your fictional radio and TV show. I think that's great. Can you speak more about it? Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh, I could talk for ages about that in long. I hope I'm not going to bore your audience and I will really try to keep it short. Um, but it's just such a fond memory I have. Growing up um, in Austria, we would, we, I have a huge family. So my dad has a lot of siblings and they all have kids as well. And they were all kind of the same age. And there were especially one, uh, one cousin. Um, uh, Bettina and my cousin Martin that we would hang out a lot with me and my brother so the four of us would really spend a lot of time together as kids uh, and it was uh, you know the times before can you imagine it before iPads and all that uh, it was just so much imaginative play and I always loved to put on some shows I just I don't I cannot tell you where this comes from it was just something I thought was so entertaining and fun to do and my cousin Bettina she loved it she really wanted to do this with me and we would we would always make up things either we would interview each other and we would be interview reporters we would record it or we would just put up like uh, a take that take that was really big back then I don't know who still knows that boy band but uh, yeah I loved them so uh, we would put up uh, a take that show and we would dance uh, for our families so our family would hang out the grown-ups would sit together you know have their coffees and so on and then after a few hours we had been practicing um, and my brother and my cousin they were not so excited about it but I gave them all a role yeah my brother was usually in charge of music so he had to press play on the CD player uh, and my other cousin Martin he was in charge of lights so he flashed like a flashlight at us <laughs> and me and Bettina we were doing the dancing or the whatever we had uh, practiced 
artist, right? Um, but yeah, we asked for money for that because, you know, hard work. So people have got to buy some tickets. So we got some, you know, a few shilling. Shilling was the, the uh, currency in Austria back then. And we could collect some shilling and we would just have a lot of, we would just have a lot of fun doing that. And, oh, yeah, you know, sometimes I wish I could, you know, just, I don't know, not go back, but it's just a really fond memory. And what makes me really happy is that I, I kind of see in my older daughter, there are some, there are some, <laughs> there's something in her that is reminds me a lot of my younger self. So now we would, we, we're still doing a lot of singing and dancing and putting up on shows. So now I can do it with my kids, what is really fun. No, it's so cool. I mean, I can imagine the atmosphere in your house. Now they're so young and already entrepreneurial, combining business and fun. I think that's what you do today as well, right? Uh, if we had to close the loop. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, Yana, so you mentioned that you took Chinese studies. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> why did you take Chinese studies? Why did I do that? Uh, you know, now we just talked about my, my passion for for performance. So that was my true passion. <laughs> and I wanted to get into acting school after high school. I was also part of the drama class in my high school. So I, uh, one of my dreams was to become an actress. So that was my main kind of like goal after, after high school. But then uh, I didn't get into that acting school. And to be frank, I was also seeing that how many other people are trying to go that path and how hard is it for a few people to get into these acting schools. Uh, so, and that's what then happened. I decided that, no, I'm not willing, like I didn't want it enough. You know, if I would have wanted it enough, then I would have queued up there again the next year. But I loved, I loved acting, but I wasn't willing to really, um, try for so many years to make this career work for me and I wanted to learn so languages always fascinated me and uh, Chinese seemed really really exotic I had never been in China before and it seemed really difficult as well and so it was kind of like a good challenge for me as well to try it out and it was actually an advice from like my my mom's uh, partner at that time Her life partner at that time uh, was uh, really nudging me towards it. He didn't say I should do it. Like he let me come to my own conclusion, I guess. But am I glad, you know, for that inspiration he gave me? Because I think I would have gone for like Italian or so, something more close to home. Um, but because uh, he kind of put that, he planted that idea in my head. Like, why don't you do something that not everyone does, Regina? You know, why Have you ever thought about Chinese? And of course I hadn't. Uh, but then once he said that, I started researching and I looked it up like, okay, what, what would the studies imply? What, what would you do? And then I thought, okay, I'm just going to try it out. And you know what made me continue at that institute? Because I also signed up for theater science. So I did for one semester, I also did theater science in combination with China studies. But the China Studies Institute in Vienna was such a small and intimate institute. There were not so many students there. And the, the teachers were amazing. The professors, they really, um, they were grateful for the students that came. So they really saw 
every student. They knew every student by name. Can you imagine? I mean, some 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 studies, you are like a number, and you never even get to speak to that professor face to face. Yeah, so that really inspired me to keep going, and that's what made me in the end. You know. I I I graduated with a master degree. I went to China to work there. I met my husband in Beijing when we were both students. This decision to study Chinese was so random for me at that point, but it really it it led me into a path that I wouldn't have the life I have now if it wasn't for that decision. Right? Isn't it funny? Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was a little bit of a of an experiment, to be frank, but it worked out. Yeah, it's great. I, I like you know. I, I so there's one sentence I I love. You know, it's from the speech of Steve Jobs, who says, "Connect the dots backwards," because you know back then, I mean, you just go there. You you have, I guess, no clue what you can do after, what you will even do during the studies. Right? You're just like, okay exotic not mainstream let's go for it but in the end it really shaped everything else and i feel like you you're a bit like this you know like spontaneous because i i've read somewhere as well so you did your exchange to uh, china and then at, uh, after your studies you were like with your not sure if he was your husband yet but with your partner you were like oh let's just go to china find a job you know, still no plans. I feel like it's something that, I mean, you were you were, you were always like this, you know, just do stuff and no plans and let's see how it goes. Yeah, I don't know if I was always like that. I, I, I'm actually often not so good with change. I don't feel like I'm such a risk taker when I'm in it, you know, when I'm in my life, I don't feel like I take a lot of risks. But as you say, like looking back, connecting the dots, yeah, that was quite badass, actually. Like my family, they couldn't believe it when we did that. Yeah. So we were living in Vienna at that time after we both graduated from university. Um, we were in Sweden for a while. So my husband is from Sweden. So I also, we went and lived there for a while. But then when when the... The economic crisis was like the 2008. There was this economic crisis and there were not so many uh, great jobs for student graduates. It was really hard to get the foot in the door somewhere. And then, yeah, and then we said, yeah, let's do that. Let's just go for a year. And we had some friends that were living in Shanghai at the time that we knew from back from our studies. And we just, yeah, we packed our bags and, yeah, with two suitcases and bought a plane ticket and off we went. And both, we didn't have a job. Neither of us had a job. So we just said, okay, we can we can have a tourist visa for three weeks back then, oh, no, sorry, three months back then. That was, okay, that was um, um, the... the regulations right so you could get a three months visa in mainland china and then we said you know if we find something within these three months then we're gonna stay and if not then we're just gonna go back we, there's nothing we can there's nothing to lose really because in vienna there weren't any great jobs anyway for us at that point but then we both found jobs there that then brought us in later to beijing and that eventually also brought us to hong kong uh yeah so I think 
our families, they were seeing it more as risk-taking at that point. Yeah, they were a bit shocked. Like, what are you doing? Are you sure? Um, but for us, it was just like, yeah, you know, nothing to lose, really. We were, we were young. I mean, we're still quite young, but then we were really young. <laughs> that was like, you know, like mid, mid twenties feels like really young now to me. Like, yeah. So, um, it was, uh, it, yeah. I think sometimes you uh, don't, you don't give yourself enough credit for the, 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 actually the, that you are brave in that moment. Yeah. But looking back, I think, wow, that was brave. And looking even further back, I think when I went to study in Beijing for a full year, uh, so that was before I met my husband, before I graduated from university, when I really went on a plane for the first time on my own. So then I was, I had just turned 20 or 21. And that, To me back then, it didn't feel so big. But when I look at it now, thinking about like, oh, if my kids are ever going to do that, right? Leaving home and going away and going abroad for a year. And this was before you could connect with me. Like I would like maybe send home a message from a internet cafe once a month or so to my family. You were really kind of like off the grid living in China. Um, and now I think like, wow, I was really, I was a cool kid then. But back then I didn't feel like that. I felt really small and, and insecure. Yeah, no, for me it's very interesting because it's also a bit the story of how hashtag impact was born, right? Because, I mean, well, I, mean, I think you can speak about it for 10 hours, but, you know, so you, you spend a few years in China, then you move to Hong Kong, you started Hashtag Impact, and I mean, you will explain better than me, but you, it was also, you know, you had no particular plan. I wonder, did you have a plan B? Because, you know, you went to China, you had a plan B, like, if it doesn't work, I go back home. What was uh, the different situation for when you launched Hashtag Impact? For hashtag impact, I mean that was a really interesting time because then I was really in a in a career transition and in a life transition because we were then we lived in in mainland China for five years and I worked for this really renowned organization um, in exactly the field I studied so it was so spot on that was and you you mentioned that before like when you studied China studies especially back then. Um, people were like rolling their eyes saying like, are you ever going to do anything with these studies? They call it like orchid study, meaning uh, that's not going to give you a paying job uh, studying something like that. But then it did. And uh, when we moved to Hong Kong for my husband's job, that would have been the natural thing to do to continue working for that organization that was, you know, that it was a great organization and I had a great job within that organization that was also very impactful. But I, I don't know, I just felt this urge and this curiosity to also try something new. 
And I listened to a lot of podcasts at that time and felt inspired by other founder stories. Yeah, I like, wow. Or like when I met you guys, you know, I was always so inspired by people that are starting something from scratch. And you know, Din Long, when we met, I had already started Hashtag Impact or like I was already starting recording for Hashtag Impact podcast, but I still did not understand that I now also was a founder and that I also start something from scratch that is my own that I'm building. It took me like more than a year running Hashtag Impact Podcast until I felt comfortable with people calling me that, like to be a founder. I thought, I don't deserve that title. I just run a podcast. I just, you know, that's that's not a founder. A founder has to be running a, a business. Uh, that's always what I thought defines a founder. So, yeah, I guess I totally stumbled in it uh, just with that, with that urge, though, to build something for myself. Uh, and the plan B really was not was not really on the table. I always thought that. If it doesn't work out, of course, I can just apply for a, a regular job. Of course, I could do that. I, I am sure I would find a good job. Um, but it's still, until today, it's not really, it's not on my mind because I'm just so passionate about what I do now with hashtag impact. And I feel when once I have the feeling that it, didn't work out and I couldn't make this work, uh, then I can always, you know, make my plan be then uh, so that I can really focus on what I'm doing now. What's your secret, you know, to, to, because you said, yeah, I listen to myself, but you know, what's your secret to be able to listen to yourself when everyone else is telling you, don't do this. Why do you do that? You will not find a job. Like I understood, like you have, you might have a plan B. You might think there's nothing to lose. But is there something else that helps you, you know, take forward this all these decisions? I have a very, a very supportive family, and my husband is so supportive, and my friends are so supportive. I think I, I, my secret is that I surround myself with people that believe in me. <laughs> Yeah, and I I really choose the people that I that I surround myself with on a daily basis almost. Yeah, and that might sound weird now, but I know that certain people uh, in my life in the past have dragged me down because they were critical towards um, my decisions or they were very negative towards when I said, yeah, this is possible. Then they would say, ah, no, I don't think this will work out at all. And I think this is not me saying I want to block out constructive feedback. And that doesn't mean that everyone at every, and that doesn't mean that my husband not sometimes gives me some pushback and says like, mm, you sure about that? Don't you want to do this another way? But it's more about the the overall belief in me as a person. You know, they're just making me feel good about they accepting me for who I am a thousand percent. So 
then I would, for example, reach out to one of my friends that is like a really close friend, but lives on the other side of the world. But I know that I've had a tough day and that I'm questioning some of my, you know, things that I've lined up for a hashtag impact. And I worry, is this going to fly? Like the podcasting course, like, am I wasting my time here building a course for people to also start their impactful podcast? But then I would, I would make a decision of who am I sharing this with? I'm having a tough day. Who am I going to now send a voice message saying, I don't know if this is going to work? Because, of course, I also face these days of that. Um, but I always know that my support system, these friends, family, uh, my husband, that they will know what to say, what I need to hear in that moment. And that's usually, I believe in you. I think that's all it needs you know it doesn't need to be any advice on how should i frame this course or how should i market this course it's more to get the reminder of i can believe in myself because these important people also believe in me and then i can do and make my dreams come true no matter how how hard it feels sometimes so yeah it's all about choosing who you're listening to like listening to those who support you and yeah just all those who say you cannot make it just yeah you don't listen to them or you try to i mean it's easy to say not listen to them because it always still uh, i guess affects you right but it's about how do you handle this criticism and, and still move forward uh, so you mentioned that during these times you are listening to a lot of podcasts And you learned a lot from them. So I'm wondering, what, what did you learn from, from listening to podcasts? What do I learn? I learn that everyone is confused and lost and scared at times and that everyone fails and that that's okay. I think the shows I choose to listen to are very raw and, and very authentic Uh, and that helps me then to be authentic myself as well or to to feel inspired by that authenticity and showing that vulnerability uh, to to see for myself. Yeah, you know, it's everyone feels like that. That's something that we as human, no matter where you live, no matter what, no, mo no matter who who or where you are that's something that kind of connects all of us i think that that worry of uh do i have what it takes or am i doing enough or can i make it and if you listen to other podcasts and again here you know choosing what i listen to if i'm listening to other people that are honest about that that it is not easy to just live your life and then if I hear other people say it then I'm reminded of it that ah you know I'm not alone in this this is not just me feeling overwhelmed with starting a business or oh this is not just me feeling totally inadequate as a mother like this also like no matter in what stage of life I am 
there are things that challenge me, you know, having a child for the first time, then introducing another child to the family and another child to the family, living abroad now so far away in this crazy Corona year. We just talked about it, like feeling homesick, not being able to see my family for such a long time. No matter in what kind of stage of life I am, <laughs> no matter what challenge I face myself, I think there are some podcasts and some shows where I find so much comfort just by hearing the hosts or the people that are interviewed. And that's usually what I like to listen to, like these interview shows, uh, where I find so much comfort in hearing other people share their stories and then, and then finding myself in it. You know, they say something and it totally makes sense for me in that moment. And that gives me a lot of strength, actually. Hearing other people share their vulnerability and how lost and confused they are gives me a lot of strength to, to get through challenges myself. Beyond your own podcast, which podcast do you share the most to people? Or try to convince people to listen to. Oh wow, that's a that's a difficult one because there are a few, and it always depends on the person as well, like what they're struggling with in that moment, right? Just as I shared. And um, I think though the one I share most uh, that I keep mentioning is the On Being podcast. Have you listened to that one? Also, it's a female host that really inspires me in the way she leads the conversations. So I don't just feel inspired by her guests, but also by her as a host. And the topics that she covers are are so full of depth and and yeah, it's it's kind of like my almost my self care, you know, listening to an episode of On Being because it usually discusses spirituality. Uh, it every like all kinds of religions are invited. It's it's so open, and I learn so much about different yeah different countries, different perspectives. Yeah, and this just feels refreshing. Uh, when it is done in a way that is so, again, so authentic and very in a very vulnerable way, um, because the host is 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 kind of like getting it out of the guests in the uh, leading the guests in in a beautiful way. So these conversations are like uh, how how would I describe them? They're like a warm hug, you know. Like you listen to that and you feel like. Someone just gave you a hug. It's so nice. So I guess it's what you wanted to do since the beginning, since you were inspired by this kind of interviews. It's what you had in mind for Hashtag Impact. Oh, yeah, definitely. Always. I mean, that's the, that's, I guess, I guess all the founders are a little bit like that, right? Now I, I'm embracing the title as a founder. I am a founder now, yeah? So I think everyone who starts something from scratch comes in there with their own passion and something that really touches them or they are they are really upset about a problem and they want to solve that and for me it's always uh, a big part of my hashtag impact journey is my love for audio storytelling and I just want to share that with other people you know that warm hug that audio can give you and then of course I'm looking to other hosts that that I just can't stop listening to. And then I want to bring that 
on my channel as well. And I hope I hope I'm getting better at it. You know, I think the times when we recorded Din Long, I mean, that was, you were episode four. So everyone listening, go back, listen to hashtag impact episode four. It's a very different, I mean, the the, the, the passion is, is the same, you know, I'm the same person, the driver is the same, but definitely my interviews have changed a lot over the years as well. I I bring more into the conversation of me, I noticed that in the conversations now, I don't just ask. I think at that point when we talked, I asked like one question, um, like, I don't know, wh- what's your biggest challenge you faced? Or this was a typical question. What's your, what gives you sleepless nights day long? Yeah. And, and nowadays when I'm, you remember that one? Yeah. So that's a great question. But what I noticed when I had more conversations, uh, over the last few years that the conversations became richer and deeper when I didn't just ask a question, but when I would almost, yeah, like you were doing as well, when you're commenting, listening intentionally, following up with another question, and then also adding something of me. I think that's what I do more now. I comment more with giving a reference to how does that relate to my life and how do I think this would relate to my listener's life. And, you know, you tell me, you've been listening to a few episodes. I am always, always, always going in there with a learning mindset. I want to get better at it and I want to touch more people and have them really connect with the guests as well as with me on the show. So I, I, I feel like I'm only getting started now, Din Long. Four years in, it's getting really better and better doing these podcasts. It's so interesting because it's also questions I ask myself a lot these days. And um, because, you know, on like one of my favorite podcasts is a French podcast, but it's also an interview and I can really also relate to everything you said. You know, it's very authentic, very raw, you know. And you you start to develop this relationship with the host, even if you don't know them, but you feel like you really know them because you've been listening to 50 episodes. <laughs> and I feel like with Hashtag Impact, it's the same because... But even I, th- I think I really like the way you connect with your audience because, you know, you share a lot about yourself, but in the sense, not only through interviews, but, you know, from, you know, you have this anniversary, you do this... Inst- uh, live Instagram, you have this newsletter and you share a lot about your yourself, you know, not only about podcast business or whatever, but a lot about your kids, you share pictures you <laughs> do this dance um, so I think, yeah, it's, it's very and I think I really love the way you connect with your audience, I think it's very uh, very cool to do that Thank you for saying that because, you know, I don't always feel so yeah, certain about it. I'm just trying things out. You know, it's good to get the feedback and hear that it resonates with you because sometimes I'm just trying it out and I need to see, does that work or not? And I'm constantly experimenting and trying. Yeah, trying. Like, are people, do they really want to see me do a little Instagram dance, you know, a happy dance? But, oh my God, people loved that. Yeah, like, I, I don't know if you saw that, but I have this Insta channel now also for my students, like where I'm like really celebrating my podcasting students. 
And then to give them a, a motivation boost, I just started doing like little, yeah, I'm doing it now. People cannot see it, but maybe if you imagine it, I'm moving around on my chair and just giving them a little, a little shake uh, dance on the, on the chair just to send them some energy. What I always wanted hashtag impact to be is to be uplifting and fun as well. And also to, you know, I, I, I have to, I find I, I just have to be myself and sometimes I cannot take myself too seriously either. You know, I cannot be so serious, even though we're talking about serious topics and I really need people to listen to the topics we discuss and they are hard to digest very often heartbreaking issues but at the same time I felt working for me and my audience to keep it at, at times also lighthearted uh, to share not necessarily about the topics but just about the journey of the podcast kind of like brings them in because then they can relate to that and hopefully it's something that they can where they can also because sometimes they also don't feel like they can do it that way I heard from people about my newsletter. They answered to me and said, I wish I could write a newsletter like that. Um, like being more just writing from my experience about how hard it is to be a mom and an entrepreneur. And then I asked them like, so why don't you? Why don't you do it? But then they feel so, they feel it's, then, then it's not maybe part of their brand. And it doesn't fit. Of course, it has to fit you the way you share but yeah, I'm happy to hear that you enjoy it. So that already gives me motivation to keep going. Been long, thank you. <laughs> no, definitely. I mean, because I, 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 I mean, I guess some people will not like it, and it's normal. It's about also you choosing who you want your listeners to be. You want your listeners to enjoy this kind of connection with the host. And yeah, too bad for those who don't enjoy it; they can listen to other podcasts. Um, I, I wanted to come back to the beginnings of Hashtag Impact. Uh, no, hash, well, where did I put the S there? Hashtag Impact. Um, so you arrived in Hong Kong. Could you share, like, how did you make it work? How did you make it start? Yeah, every single day, I would just try to implement something and learn something. So once I decided just to come to the decision to start the podcast was already a process of, like, I don't know, I think a year because I looked into, I was freelancing for some media organizations in Hong Kong. Um, also, I had a little baby, you know, so there was also that part of my life that had totally changed. I looked for having a job that would allow me to have also more flexibility. So there was a big part of that as well that I knew I also wanted to raise a family and I knew that I also wanted more than one kid. So that was all in the back of my head, of course, as well to build my my passion project then turned business in a way that I could still be there for my children. So that was a big part of, of it as well, of course. Um, but when it then came to the, that I made the decision, I want to have a podcast. It was really one day at a time, almost like very stubborn. Yeah. And that's a good, I think sometimes it makes me a bit upset that I'm a bit stubborn. But in that sense, it was a good thing to have because I was so, so uh, determined to start a podcast that 
I would every day I would have like a little goal, like a little goal, like, okay, today I'm going to learn how to edit an audio file. And then I would, you know, look for some YouTube videos and do that. And then of course I couldn't manage to do it within a day. So then I would put it on the list again for me the next day. Okay. Tomorrow I'm going to master this and I'm going to learn how to cut an audio file. Okay. And then next day I would have on my list, I need to find an intro music for my podcast. So every day it was like an, an, an accumulation of tiny, really tiny, tiny steps because I also didn't have so much time on my hand. My baby was still, she was, well, she was a year old, uh, but she was still very demanding. Um, but when I sat down at my, um, at my, um, bedroom at the time, uh, and I closed the door and I had my, my daughter on the other end of the door with the caretaker. Um, I would shut, shut her out completely, you know, put on the headset and I'm like, now I'm in the podcasting zone and I'm doing this. And then I would only have, sometimes I would have an hour, sometimes I would have two, sometimes I would have four. Yeah. So it was different day by day, depending on how was the kid, how did I have interviews, you know, did I go meet you guys? And then that was also on my list, like that day, you know, then you were on my to-do, like I need to interview they're so in so good guys and I need to get that done and then I would stick to it like I would really there was no there was always for me whenever I commit like then I cannot go back I need to I need to make it to the finish line and at that point the launch day was the finish line having the podcast up and running but what I didn't realize, you know, I mean, you now know running your own podcast, of course, the launch day, that's, I mean, that's just the beginning. I mean, it, it is, it is so much more that's coming to you after launch day. Um, but to be frank, that's still how I operate until today. Like I sit down and I get in the zone. And I have this on my list, like I want to get a podcast course launched. And that's then that's what I did. Very little daily steps bringing me to my like bigger goal. Throughout your podcast journey, I have that a lot. You know, these moments like, oh, why am I doing this? <laughs> Let's just stop, you know, life will be easier. I mean, I, I'm, I, I guess you had these moments. And what helps you to remove that feeling? The the people I meet, the connections I can make thanks to my podcast, it it brings me so much joy, like so much joy to build these connections with my guests. And now also, of course, then also build these connections to my co-hosts and mentees and interns, the people that have become part of the Hashtag Impact team. I also feel this responsibility to them now. Yeah, they they want to get their voice heard on our channel. I cannot, I cannot stop now. And I wouldn't want to either. And the same goes for my students, like the people that are running through my course and now launching their own podcasts. It's so rewarding. And, uh, you know, in the end, you never know what happens. Like I have this immense privilege now to be able to build this business 
Because let's be honest, like I have, I have my supportive husband who can support with the, you know, that we have a roof over the house. Uh, not over the house, uh, roof over, what's the expression? I don't, I can't even know how to say that we have, that we can pay rent. Let's say it like that. Like we pay rent. Uh, so of course, uh, you know, in this today's economic climate, you cannot take anything for granted. Nothing. No job is secure. Nothing is fixed. Everything. I have seen so many people this year losing their jobs left and right. Um, I see this now for me as an, as, as a daily, like really daily opportunity, um, to build this, uh, as good and as maybe not quick, but to, to really take every day I have to work on this because you never know what happens. You know, one day maybe, uh, we are, we are not going to be able to live like this anymore. And I will have to also help with paying the rent and all that. Um, so, and of course I will. And of course I have in the past. Um, so this is just the driver, I think, for me to, why would I, why, why should I stop now? It's not, of course, it's not easy. And uh, of course, it's an investment because if I would have a regular job, then I would have a paycheck that would allow me to to contribute more to our family budget, right? But at the same time, I I think if I'm not doing this now, who knows if I can in five years, right? So that's that's a big driver for me to to not give up. Did you know from the start that you wanted to create a podcast business? I mean, not only a free podcast, you know, but podcast with something else that will bring in revenues. Was it an ambition from the start or did you switch your mindset at some point? Mm, it wasn't. It wasn't my mindset. I really just wanted to learn the skill as well, uh, how to run a podcast, but also to connect with these people, right? I wanted to build a network of people surround myself with people that inspire me and it was not my intention to to monetize it that's not how I started because as I said you know I had small children I knew that was a priority in my life at that time I wanted to be there for my children and I didn't really see yet how I would even monetize it but that came with time that I saw people reaching out with these questions about Oh, can you teach us how to do a podcast? Oh, can you come into our school and, and talk about podcasting? Oh, can you uh, connect me with, with people that you know? Like all of a sudden I saw that there is value that I'm bringing to people for free. And I did that for a long time. I didn't charge. I went to, you know, I went to schools and gave talks and I would not, I would not ask for money because I'm, I love, I love sharing. Um, but you know, in the end, like after, then after I've been running it for a year, it was actually one of my community members that then asked me about sponsorship because she said, you know, if you ever consider having a sponsor on your show, let me know. Um, and that's, that, I think that's when my, my mindset shifted because then I saw, 
okay, if I'm taking on a sponsor, then this is a business that this there is value there. Then I understood the value also of my the education I gave as well with the podcast. So that's when I then registered the business after a year into my podcasting journey. Okay, great. And that's when you started to think about uh, yeah, the podcasting course. So now you have, so just to lay down all the things within the hashtag impact <laughs> company. Uh, so you have the main podcast, so hashtag impact interviewing all these amazing change makers, first in Hong Kong, but now everywhere, where, thanks to your co-host. You have this podcast about how to start a podcast. You have this podcasting course. You have this podcasting club. Right. Did I miss anything? And then I have clients like universities and high schools that invite me in to teach about podcasting. So there I also create bespoke programs for them to work with me where I come in either virtually, like the last year, of course, was mainly virtually. Uh, but now with schools slowly opening up here again, well, for the time being, I think some already closed down again here. Uh, but uh, yeah, hopefully there will be more in-person teachings happening as well in here at universities and schools. Makes me so happy to hear that because I remember I think one of our discussions back then, so 2016, I think even when I came back 2017, I think we were just speaking about, you know, the future and you were telling me, yeah, I don't know, a bit like your mindset when you came to China, when you were to Hong Kong, you were like, yeah, I'm, I'm just launching this. I'm, I'm not sure, you know, what will happen five years, 10 years, if I'm you know, if I will find business model, what I will do, if it's going to work. And today, you know, I mean, <laughs> just working so well. So I'm really glad to to hear that. Um, we are approaching the end because you have three kids to take, <laughs> to take care of. So I have last two questions for you. So the first one is, if you could go back in time, um, so not when you were young, but... I mean, you're already, no, wait, no, you're still young, but not where you were like 20 years old, but when you were at the start of the hashtag impact journey, uh, what would you say to younger Regina? I would say to her to be more confident in what I, what I have to offer with this, even though I'm just at the start I'm already bringing a lot of experience in, even if it's not necessarily in podcasting, but just with my life experiences, right? That's what your podcast is all about. The life, your life is your biggest asset. The experiences you make, how you cope with living abroad for the first time, moving abroad, studying, having setbacks, having heartbreaks, you know, all the things that are maybe not considered something to put on a CV. You wouldn't write that on the CV. But all of this is already so valuable. And I wish I would have understood that then because I made myself much smaller than I was just because I was starting something new. I was new to podcasting then, but I already had so much 
to share and to give. Do you have this confidence today? I do. I'm glad to say I do. I feel that now, for example, just being being a mom is is something that I'm proud of. You know, the challenges like five years in this mom journey and I'm still standing. I'm surviving it. Yeah, I think uh, maybe this is something that comes a bit with age. And, you know, Din Long, I know I'm still young. I, I'm not, I, I, I know I'm not ancient, yeah. But, uh, of course, now I'm in my, you know, like, I'm going towards 40 now quickly. And I feel this is something that maybe this just is something that comes with age as well, that you feel a bit more comfortable with where you are at and confident uh, in your own abilities, And with three kids, a company, you don't have time to doubt also, I guess. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, to, yeah you got a point. I'm too tired to even question myself. <laughs> and I still have, I still, of course, have setbacks. And I said that before, like, we all have these rough days and these tough days when, when it doesn't take much to kind of kind of get you worried about stuff and it, sometimes it's even just having a having a bad dream you know I realized that sometimes I would dream something but I wouldn't remember it right away in the morning but I would feel off for half of the day and then finally like by 3 p.m. I remember that I had like a bad dream that I dreamt something happened to one of my loved loved ones for example so sometimes we just I think me, I, 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 I f I'm just maybe more in tune with my emotions as well that, you know, we all have bad days and it's, of course, totally natural that we all question ourselves at certain times of the day or the week or the month and that, that I have become more confident in, in just how you said before. It's not so much about the, the challenges you face or so or the setbacks. It's more about how do you handle them? You know, how do you then get through them? Mm. So we spoke about your younger self. Now I want to speak about your older self. Um, but yeah, throughout, you know, throughout your life, how do you want people to know you for and remember you for? Oh, I'm getting almost emotional now because we talked a little bit about that before we started recording. I think a big part of this hashtag impact journey is also something about, you know, how do you want to leave the world behind and how do you want to be remembered? And and also, why am I so passionate about doing this now is because I know life is short and you never have a guarantee you wake up the next morning, right? So I would want people to... Yeah, to just, I think, just smile, you know. If they think of me and the journey of Hashtag Impact or just as me as a person, let's just keep the business out of it, yeah. I am not Hashtag Impact. I'm just Regina, uh, a girl born in the 80s in Vienna, growing up in a big family, going abroad, falling in love, having some kids, making a life. And then one day I'm not going to be here anymore. But what I hope for this, 
yeah, this is what I'm building here and the people I'm maybe touching with it and connecting with and my family, my kids, just so that they, when they would think of me, that they would, that they would smile. That it would give them a warm feeling that they have known me. Yeah. I do. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Din Long. Same to you. So I think I'll let you go back to your family life. But yeah, where can people find you? Where can people hear more about your story? Where can people reach out to you if they want to? Yes, please do. I would love to hear your voice as well. Uh, you can head over to hashtag impact.com. That's my website. And you find all all the links there. Just start there. You find the podcast there. You find the podcasting course there. You find our, maybe I can just give a quick shout out to the ongoing season five of Hashtag Impact, where we are talking about the sustainable development goals. I'm so excited about this one. And I know you have a lot of people, Din Long, that are listening to your podcast, that are, that are in your community, that are very, very uh, involved in the SDGs as well. So I'd encourage them to send in a voice message as well to hashtag impact.com slash story. Uh, there is a voice recorder there and we will feature stories uh, from our community on hashtag impact season five as well uh, to highlight change makers all over the globe, just like you, Din Long. I'm still waiting for you. I'm waiting for your audio. <laughs> Uh, so that we can send uh, more people your way as well. You didn't forget about that, did you now? No, no, I didn't forget. I, I, I told you I was going to do it a long time ago, but I, I will do it now so I, so I don't forget. Do it right now. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for this opportunity to share my story, Din Long. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Regina, for coming on the show. I think... It was a really great conversation and uh, I hope it inspires aspiring podcasters, but also, you know, social entrepreneurs of any kind to start their own business. And I hope it gives more confidence to mompreneurs or potential mompreneurs to also start their business if they want to, because I think your story is amazing and yeah, it can really inspire a lot of people. So thank you so much, Regina. Thank you so much for having me. It was such an honor to be on your show. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the story of Regina and feel free to let her know if you enjoyed it. If you want to explore another amazing podcast, I really recommend you to have a look at hashtagimpact.com and if you are thinking to start your own podcast, you should definitely check out all her resources. Of course, please do share this episode with your friends. That's the best way to support Lifeland Podcast. See you next time.